Hello and welcome to Life After, a podcast where young people can share and discuss their experiences with grief. If you're new, my name's Theo, and in this, the last episode of season two, I'm speaking to a friend of mine, Meg, about the death of her friend in a car accident. I first asked her to explain what happened. She was driving normally, um, she was with um, two other friends in her car, um, and she just skidded on some black ice, and kind of that was it. Um, we were told that she kind of died instantly um and that she you know she wouldn't have been aware of it or anything like that which was it's in a way it was quite nice to hear that that she wasn't yeah yeah, exactly um but of course you know none of us none of us found out until it was you know a couple hours later and then it was just like no surely not Mm. you know it was one of the things that you just never expect Yeah, yeah um so actually um one of the girls in the car uh, survived um, but my friend uh, Becky and her other friend Pippa uh, yeah sadly passed away. Where were you when you heard? Um, so I was actually on my uh, on my year abroad in Germany um, I just looked at my phone and um, some of the girls had said okay um, you know Becky's been in an accident um, she's been airlifted um, we don't know whether she's okay or whatever. Um, mm. And then the kind of the conversation, weirdly, um, obviously a few of us were really worried. Some of us were like, you know, let's just wait until we actually hear what happened, um, until we've got the facts kind of thing. And then um, a couple minutes later, um, one of my friends had gotten in contact with um, with Becky's mum. And yeah, the police had been around the house to say that she'd... She basically died. And I just remember reading that message and just thinking, you know, surely not. I kept mm. repeating that again and again. I was like, surely not, surely not. Because it's just so surreal. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't happen to people, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was quite a shock. And I, and I remember kind of having a conversation um, just a few days before that you know, thinking, what would I, what would I do? What would I do if one of my friends passed away? Which is so weird as well, Mm. having that conversation a few days before. Um, and, and I thought to myself, you know, I think I'm a quite strong person. I think, I don't think I would necessarily cry massively. I think I'd be in shock, but I wouldn't cry. Um, the first thing I did was just burst out crying. Mm. It was so weird because it was, I didn't recognize myself at all. Yeah. Um, which is something I'll get into a bit later, but yeah. It was a really weird emotion because it what it was a real mixture of everything, but also kind of a numbness to yeah. everything. Um, and then the next day, I flew I flew back home. So you go home. Mm-hmm. I came back and we were all kind of together, um, which was also quite weird because she was always the she was kind of the glue of the group. She was like the main mm. <laughs> the main girl. I know a lot of people kind of say that when people pass away. Um, but she really was. Like, she was the funny one. She was the sociable one. She was the one that everyone liked. Mm. Um, so to not have her there when I was with all my friends was really, really weird. I actually went to see her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my friends, um, well, we had the option to. I know that her her mum and her family were um, going to see her almost every day. Mm. Um, so I went to see her once. Um, it was so strange because it was just like her, her shell. It was not her, you know, it was, it was looking like a wax figure. It just was, it was really odd. Um, and 
I still, I know at the time I was questioning, you know, in future, will I say, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that or, or, you know, I wish I had gone to see her when I didn't. Mm. Um, and I still don't really know the answer to it to this day. I don't mm. know whether I would have, I think because it was, like in a way I was quite curious. Mm. Um, and I did, cause I hadn't seen her for a while. I did kind of want to say like goodbye or whatever. And, mm. um, but it wasn't really her. No, but it ma- it makes it into those kind of four or five images that stick in your head mm-hmm. that you can't let go of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was one thing they said, you know, if you go, that's kind of, some people remember that person like that rather than what they were like yeah. alive or yeah. whatever. Uh, and I think, I think it's both. Mm. I think I remember her alive and laughing and stuff like that. And I've had dreams about her since then. And I, they, they kind of override that um that image i guess Mm. um but yeah i still remember it very clearly of course it's something that's ingrained now and it's not gonna um yeah it's not gonna go but i am glad i did it in a way how far kind of after the event do you think it actually started to sink in i genuinely think it took maybe a year or more um because i don't know yeah like big events like big uh, birthdays and things like that that she wasn't there for um, you know we would always go to her house for, for kind of pre's and, and afterwards as well and she mm. was always like I said the social one that kind of kept us all together and yeah we've still kept together as a group which is really nice mm. um, but it is just different it definitely yeah, is yeah. like obviously I still think of her and I still have Sometimes I still have that kind of grief feeling, mm. um, but it didn't feel very real for about the first year. Mm. Definitely not. Yeah. And so within your friends, how mm. much do you still talk about her now or how, how present is she? Yeah. In... So I think at first, the only conversation we'd have about her would be to make sense of the situation. Mm. We'd have quite morbid conversations mm-hmm. about her. And that was kind of our way of dealing with it because we wanted to make sense of the situation because yeah, it, yeah. it didn't make sense at all. It still doesn't really. Mm. Um, now, when we speak about her, it's more about the funny things. Like, oh, you know, Beck would really find that funny or that's something that she would do. That's quite nice. Though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's really nice now. We still involve her in things. Um, like any time a memory comes up on Facebook or whatever, like we're always sharing it when it's someone's birthday we try to find pictures where she's in them as well just mm-hmm. like have her still involved what was the variance like in in terms of the way that you all reacted the people that we thought would be you know maybe more emotional but maybe not so much or, mm. or didn't show it showed it in a completely different way or um you know vice versa and for me i think everyone always thought i was quite like um well not the strong one but Mm. definitely a bit more like hardened Mm. um and I just melt I just melted it was the first time anything like that happened to me and I've been fortunate to to have not had um you know a parent or or sibling um pass so for me you know and grandparents yeah sure but in a way that was kind of you know, not expected, but you know what I mean? It's the cycle of life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, in, a, in another sense, the relationship is far, far different exactly. from what... Well, at least I have my Absolutely, my absolutely. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think um, 
it was it was interesting to see and even now still some of my friends I'm pretty sure are still dealing with it mm. on the day to day I was fortunate enough to to go to therapy mm-hmm. um I took myself to therapy yeah um because I noticed a huge change in myself I didn't recognize myself at all I, mm. had, I had kind of a crisis where I was really questioning disassociation my, yeah really but also just really questioning my life and thinking because she was so close to my age um you know that could have been me what happens when it's me you know what what you know really putting myself in that situation of even things like oh I wonder what songs would be played at my funeral and why wasn't it me Mm. you know it was a hard time definitely and I think some of my friends are probably still struggling with that and so you went back to Germany and then what was that like because you're going from a an environment where you've got your entire friendship group Mm. I haven't spoken about your family yet, but mm-hmm. also got your parents, I assume. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of on your own again. Yeah. yeah it was really lonely. Mm. It was really lonely. I think that definitely didn't help. Um, at the time, I didn't really feel like I had anyone. Not only, you know, physically there was no one there, but emotionally, other than my friends... Um, I didn't have anyone that had been through the same thing. Mm. Like my mum didn't really understand it. My dad didn't really understand it. And even though they were supportive, um, it wasn't really the support that I needed. I don't know because I couldn't even explain what support I needed, but it wasn't that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, and same with my, my boyfriend, you know, I love him to pieces and he's great, but he, he, he didn't understand it and he didn't really know how to deal with it either, mm. I don't think. Same as me. I mean, none of us really did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was a really, really lonely time. Um, and because I was on my own, I was really overthinking. Um, and I managed to do everything to not overthink. Cause I'd, all, I'd never have a, a, like a silent minute. Mm. I'd always either have like the Netflix on or, or whatever else. Like distraction, I, yeah, distraction, co- distraction. Constant distractions. And I think that helped to kind of cover it mm. for, for the short term. Yeah. Um, and I still struggle with it now, to be fair. I think mm-hmm. I, I like to have something happening. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what would happen necessarily if I was to stop and have a think. I think I'd just probably break down. <laughs> mm. And there's a lot of stuff there, I guess, that's not been worked through. But it works for me. I do like to have, you know, be distracted still now. So was therapy um, uh, an opportunity for you to kind of confront it? And yeah. now that you've done therapy, you think, for lack of a better term, like push mm-hmm. it under the carpet again. I- dealt with it or so for me because I was acting quite strangely I like lost all of my social skills I just was completely you know questioning everything Mm. my whole life um and it was putting me in quite a a dark place Mm. um I went to therapy and I and I said I don't really know why I'm here but I don't feel like me Mm. um you know help Mm. (laughs) um and we would have conversations um you know about obviously um Beck and how that affected me and how I you know why I felt how I did and it brought up loads of other things as well Yeah, yeah it was more 
had loads of other things going on. Um, but the like event of that happening brought it all up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't necessarily just about what happened with her and the shock of that and the kind of trauma of that. It was what it what it brought up in everything else. Um, because I was questioning everything. Mm. Uh, but it's it really helped me. I would honestly recommend it to anybody. Um, so it, it definitely helped um, me to not feel kind of as anxious or as scared as I did mm. at that time. I wouldn't say necessarily that I'm like over it or whatever mm-hmm. or, or that I'm brushing it under the carpet. I guess it's more of just I'm I'm living with it now. Yeah, yeah. Um sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't mean to phrase it like that, but No, 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 okay. not at all, not at all. No, no, no. I completely agree. I think sometimes for some things definitely I've brushed yeah. it. I brushed it away and been like I don't, I put it in a box. But in terms of the whole thing, yeah. I think I think the stuff that it brought up mm. is more kind of what I'm brushing under the carpet see, yeah. rather okay. than the what happened, the event. Yeah. I've been to therapy for that mm. and I'm fine with that. But the other things that it brought up maybe, you know, I mean, I still go to therapy now. I'm still mm. working through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah. But it was interesting to me because it was such a sudden thing that made everything come up. Mm. It wasn't over time. And in a way, I'm quite glad because... It meant that I went I went to therapy at the right time mm. because if it would have carried on, then I wouldn't have noticed that all these things were still kind of brewing and happening yeah. at a later stage in life. I would have, yeah, probably had a bit of a breakdown <laughs> or something. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I guess. But it gave you a but, chance to address it, basically. Exactly, exactly. And it gave me a chance to address it with someone who wasn't involved. Do you think being listened to in that sense was important? Because obviously whether it's your parents or your friends, they each have their own kind of positionality in it. Whereas Mm -hmm. like this, in in a way, I can ask you questions and you can just go Mm -hmm. and vocalise it in the way that you want to. And at least what I found when I did therapy is that my therapist was so helpful, Mm. but really it was just me talking to Mm. myself and then going, oh yeah, that is how I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that would kind of make me feel a lot calmer about how I felt. Yeah. Because it wasn't so scary in, yeah. in comparison to what I'd kind of built up inside. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first few sessions I was like, why are you not asking me any questions? Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Talk, like ask me something that's interesting so I can have something else to say mm. rather than what what I'm thinking. Um, mm. And she did ask questions in the end that I hadn't thought of before. And I think it helped me understand how I feel and that was Mm. the main thing for me because I didn't really get it I didn't know why why I felt angry or you know annoyed Mm. or upset because it's not something that I recognized in myself and I couldn't understand it and then when we talked through it and I actually in the end was like oh yeah it makes perfect sense and then I and then I accepted it yeah and I think accepting it was such a big thing Mm. um because I couldn't accept myself before Mm. because I just didn't understand but I think it really helped, yeah, to have someone listen and just point out, like, that's okay, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you're actually yeah. allowed to do that. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's helpful to speak to someone else because they point out the obvious. Mm. <laughs> um, whereas I think probably with family and friends, they don't necessarily see it because they're with you all the time. 
I look at life very differently now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was, you know, if there is ever a good thing to come out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that. Um, but yeah, and I think since then, my therapist actually said this to me as well, you like, you have to stop and smell the roses. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because before, yeah, it was just like a rat race. I just kept going and going and not really stopping. Mm-hmm. Um and you know maybe taking life a bit too seriously in some some ways um whereas now and i think initially after it i was taking it far too seriously <laughs> because i was like you know i'm i'm terrified of of dying really mm. um but now i think i like to try and stop and smell the roses definitely yeah how does this kind of bleed into your friendships now then i i think even before this happened, I was very aware that my attachment style was very much just like, um, I don't know what the term is for it, but (laughs) I know there's different ones. I've forgotten the term, but it's very much, um, I saw kind of friends as, you know, they're kind of situational, I guess. Mm. Um, you would, you know, you're at school, you have your friendship group there and they help you through that and you have a great time and, you know, you you love them and whatever. And then you move on to uni and then you have your friendship group there and that's what that happens. And then when you're older, you have maybe some kids and then you meet at, you know, mum's group or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like you have friends in different parts of your life and I didn't necessarily feel that I needed to carry on because I moved around so much when I was a child. So mm. for me gaining relationships losing relationships was quite normal yeah, yeah so therefore i thought you know if i was to lose it if i was to lose a friend or a family member or whatever i wouldn't i'd be quite hardened to it because that's yeah. what i'm kind of used to yeah whereas that's not at all what happened mm. and that's why i had such a big you know questioning everything because i was like well i this isn't me you mm. know this is not what i expected at all yeah um whereas i think after that happened i have a real kind of I feel like I need to and I and I want to as well, mm. you know, keep in touch with them because they've been through something that no one ever has with mm. me. We've been through the same thing. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I'm really conscious of keeping that relationship with them mm. um, because they, they mean so much to me now. They did before, but they mean so much, I think so much more to me now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've all we all supported each other through that really hard time that that's kind of a bond that not many people have so how much are you kind of seeing your your girls group now how much are you in contact um i try to go up as much as possible they're all in worcester okay um so it's only a train journey away but it's an expensive train <laughs> journey <laughs> so um I go up a lot, a lot more now mm. than I did before. Um, just because, also, you know, I I enjoy seeing them. I like seeing them. Like they'll. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't great. have to yeah, be about exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I try to go up as much as I can. I would probably say, you know, once a month or once every two months mm. max. Um, so yeah, and two of them have got babes now as well. Oh really. So, yeah, and they just, well, they were born um, about a year, just over a year ago. So um, they're both boys, though, so we're waiting for a girl. <laughs> I think she's going to be called something. Um, 
so yeah, it'll be interesting because obviously Beck didn't see that either. Mm. And we're having like our first wedding and things like that. Just big milestones where she'll still, she'll be there because we'll make sure she'll be there. Mm. But it's not, yeah, it's it's quite sad to think that she she missed out on on those things. Mm. But it seems like it's like a collective consciousness. Your mm-hmm. all your heads kind of go there, as yeah. in, oh, Beck isn't here for this, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, we'll we'll do things like <laughs> we have a Christmas meal every year as mm-hmm. a tradition, and you know we'll always have like a toast to Beck or whatever, mm. um, and we'll always have shots of really gross. <laughs> really gross things um i think it's sambuca Mm. i don't i never drink it so i'm like struggling here but it's disgusting Mm. um yeah (laughs) but the girls definitely love it love a good shot for beck um Mm. so things like that we we do you know keep her around yeah which i think is important we all like doing that there's none Mm. of us that are like oh no you know i feel uncomfortable or whatever yeah um so yeah that's quite nice and we're, mm. we're, you know, coming into that of celebrating her rather than actually trying to make sense of it all. So that is it for the second series. A huge thank you to Meg for coming on and to Anna, Shauna and Sam for sitting down with me as well. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to be involved in the third series or simply want to reach out, please do get in touch. You can find us across social media or via our website. I'm Theo Silverstone. The music was composed by Lucy Piercy and performed by Alexander Lestrange. The editing was done by my mum. Thanks for listening.